0: And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I have to say my pestering paid off because I pestered Jared Stevens to come back on the show, and today he's with me for the whole hour. He is the senior pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Northwest Houston, and every time he comes on, I learn so much, and he's back with us today to talk about Psalm 46. Jared, welcome.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Bill. Good to be with you, and uh, I hope you've had a wonderful summer.
0: It's been great, you know, and every time I have a guest on with a a busy, busy, busy schedule like you do, uh, I deeply appreciate it because I know every time you say yes, you have to say no to something else. So (laughs) I'm just aware of how people are kind of navigating their, their schedules, and, you know, you're making time on a day like this to spend an hour talking about Psalm 46. It thrills me to no end. Hey, it's a joy for
1: me to be able to talk the Scripture with you. I always love uh, being on your show. You've always been so kind and, and generous and uh, encouraging to me. And so thanks for letting me come on and talk about, hey, look, one of our favorite subjects in all, uh, you know, to talk
0: about. And that's the Bible. Uh, com- completely. And, you know, we don't have to go beyond verse one. God is that's our true. refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. We could spend the whole hour talking about that.
1: We really could. It's yeah. a lot to unpack there, and I hope that I will do a little bit of justice uh, in our time together yeah. today.
0: Let's just take our time and just unfold this. Uh, we've got the whole hour. Let's just let's just bask in it. This is such a great, great uh, psalm.
1: It really is. And you know, I have I've been wanting to pastor and preach since I was 17 years old. I'm in the mid 40s now, and so uh, you know, to be able to to be a a pastor and and lead a church and preach God's word. I'm so very grateful to the Lord for, and, you know, when I was first called to ministry bill, I started studying preachers cause I just, I just loved it. I, I mean, I was one of those kids who my parents didn't have to drag me to church. I wanted to go. That was where my friends were. I remember the vacation Bible schools and the church camps and the weekend getaways with your student ministry. And so I just loved it. And uh, always enjoyed uh, Bible teaching, and so I started reading preachers, and and especially when God called me to preach. And one of my favorite uh, pastors that I started reading and learning about was Charles Spurgeon. Uh, for our listening audience, who maybe Spurgeon's not, they're not as familiar with him. He was a uh, pastor in the mid to late 1800s in uh, England. Uh, pastored uh, most well known for the Metropolitan Tabernacle Church in London, and uh spurgeon is known as the prince of preachers uh he you know before mega churches came into being you know for us in the united states it's kind of a normal thing now but it wasn't uh back in the 1800s he had kind of the first mega church i mean he had uh seating uh, for 5000 another standing room for 1000 and people filled uh the, his uh metropolitan tabernacle to listen to this man preach uh he, he he was an expositor in fact bill one of the uh most uh prized i guess you could say artifacts i have in my study here is a couple of uh sermon notes handwritten notes from charles spurgeon oh, wow. in my study and you, i have the notes and then on the back there's a sheet that tells me when he preached that sermon and an ex in an excerpt from it that I can read in print the exact thing that he handwrites. And one of the things that he would do with his notes is he would handwrite in purple. Uh, he would go out and edit his notes in purple because that was the color of royalty. And he knew he was preaching Jesus. He he there was such a sacred task of preaching God's word. He edited his sermons in purple. <laughs> and so I, love that. Uh, I just I've always loved Spurgeon, you know, uh, the London Times printed his sermons and ran them in the newspaper each week. Wow. You know, I joke with people about that. I'm still waiting for the Houston Chronicle to call me, Bill, but they, <laughs> and so I'm just waiting, but you know, Spurgeon's well known. There's another pastor on the other side of London at the same time, Spurgeon's contemporary by the name of Joseph Parker. And he was very different than Spurgeon. He was a great orator and people love to hear him preach but he just wasn't as well known uh, for uh, his sermons as Spurgeon was. Spurgeon was really planned out. Hand wrote his notes out. Uh, Joseph Parker was a little bit, he preached more extemporaneous. And he said this, he's best known for a quote that he has, but he said this preach to the suffering and you will never lack a congregation. Mm. There is a broken heart in every pew. And, you know, I've, Heard that quote, read that quote, and I think Joseph Parker was right on. You know, there are some sermons that I'll prepare to preach and text that I'll look at and I'll go, oh, man, when I preach this, I, I know it's going to hit this group. And Holy Spirit, I'm just going to have to trust you, you know, to apply it to these people's hearts over here because I know it's going to I know it's going to fit this group. And there's other passages like Psalm 46 that when you read it, you know that when you explain the text and preach the text. It's going to apply to every listener listening to this today. So that's that's one of the, the beautiful things about Psalm 46, is it doesn't matter who you are, what stage of life you're in, this text is going to preach to you, speak to you, because all of us at one time, we've either gone through a hardship, a trial, a pain, a difficulty, or... We're going to go through one. And the end result of that is experiencing worry and anxiety and fear. All of us can check off the list. We have felt this. We have experienced this. And Psalm 46 is going to tell us how we endure what I call our worst case scenarios. Like you imagine, uh, for those listening, driving down the road, you're in Trafford right now, like imagine what your worst case scenario is it may you may you may not have to imagine very long you know uh, as a pastor i deal with people all the time matter of fact i just got off the phone call previous to getting on here uh, uh someone who just lost their mother unexpectedly mm. uh you, you know we some of us don't have to imagine very long what our worst case scenario is uh it could be the premature death of a child it could be Uh, The doctor's diagnosis, Uh, it could be, you know, what we're seeing uh, at the time of this recording in Maui, where just, you know, fire has erupted and set the island uh, ablaze and people have lost their homes and people have lost loved ones. The the question that Psalm 46 answers for us, Bill, is what do you do when your worst case scenario becomes a reality? Mm -hmm. And the psalmist says it right out of the gate. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble now i love this because the psalmist and we don't know who uh is writing this the 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 scripture tells us it's the sons of Korah. so we know uh, that they were descendants of Koath, who was a son of Levi. They had responsibilities of leading the temple in worship. And uh, we'll see here momentarily that it's known as a Psalm of Zion, which highlights the glory of Jerusalem, and even more specifically than that, the temple, the holy place where God's presence dwelled. But the psalmist, whoever it was, he starts out, he begins by establishing for us, reminding us of who god is god is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble and isn't that good to know because typically the first thing that we forget when our worst case scenarios become a reality when fear and anxiety begin to overwhelm us the first thing that we forget is who god is true and so the psalmist begins by saying god is our refuge and strength he says When the earth is giving way, verse 2 and 3. And the mountains are being moved into the heart of the sea. This is a scene right out of one of those uh, movies depicting the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's a natural disaster. You see once stable and strong mountains crumbling into the heart of the sea. You see oceans roaring. This uh, word carries the idea of a great commotion. It literally means to be at war. And so, I mean, just talk about anxiety. Talk about fear. This is describing something that no one would want to be a part of. Mountains giving way sees roaring this imagery it's meant to stun it's meant to shock the emotions and yet in spite of all of this the psalmist has this quiet confidence he is not going to be moved he is not going to be overwhelmed by overwhelming circumstances because god is and he uses that hebrew term elohim it's the most referred uh title given to god in the old testament it's his name that is to describe his infinite power his eternal nature we first read of this hebrew name in genesis 1 1 in the beginning god elohim created the heavens and the earth and the scripture says it is this god bill that is our refuge and strength it is this god who's the creator of the heavens and the earth that according to this psalmist is our very present help in time of need. It's such a beautiful thought uh, to think about uh, that in times of fear and uncertainty, in times that could cause anxiety and panic, the psalmist is compute, communicating here that the God that we serve is bigger and stronger and more mighty than anything we may be up against. Mm-hmm. That is a powerful thought as we begin to look at this psalm. God is our refuge our strength a very present help in time of trouble
0: a spectacular start dr jared stevens is my guest and just as we go to break Jarrett, and we made a you made a point of uh, bringing up charles spurgeon i have his uh, morning and evening devotional uh, yes. on my study and not all devotionals are created equal some devotionals are like uh eating popcorn and the Spurgeon one is like flowerless chocolate cake. You take, <laughs> you take right. one I bite. Give it, I give it as
1: a gift to people. It's so good. It's so it good, good to test of time.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll take a break. We'll come back with uh, more with Jarrett. We are studying Psalm forty six. So get your Bible open and go through it with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. Welcome to the show. If you just joined, Dr. Jarrett Stevens is my guest. We're talking about Psalm 46. I think I first learned about Jarrett through his book, The Mountains Are Calling, Making the Climb for a Clearer View of God and Ourselves. I think it was released in August of 2018, a sensational book. You've got a couple of new ones since then. Is that right, Jared, or just one more?
1: Do well, I got one since then called The Always Always God in 2020. Uh, call that my COVID book. You know, a lot of people were just asking questions about faith and where's God, and people were suffering and uh, just watching loved ones die of COVID and whatnot. And so, that book, the subtitle really says that all that he hasn't changed and you're not forgotten, and so. Uh, that's, that's been a real uh, blessing to a lot of people. And I'm so glad that God gave me the message of that book. And another one I'm working on ties into what we're talking about today with Psalm 46, uh, because that, this book I'm working on probably be another year or so before it comes out, but it, uh, the working title, we're still working through it is either cliche Christianity or trite, not true. And what I'm, I'm what I'm taking, uh, I'm taking statements that Christians make, Bill, that sound good at the time but mm-hmm. they're not biblically accurate they're not they're not true you know we put them on coffee cups or uh you know we say we say them because they sound like uh you know they they sound good at the time but when you peel back the layers biblically uh they're just not true so you know uh things like when god you know closes a door he opens a window well sometimes he closes both you know seals right. them shut So, stuff like that, uh, I'm I'm walking through those right now, and that'll be a fun book.
0: I'm really uh, enjoying writing it. And not to mention, extremely helpful. I think so. Yeah. There's a lot of cliches flying around, and people, they attach to them because they're easy to remember. And they use them and repeat them, and I think, stop. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you know, there's that for let go and let God. Well, yeah. it sounds good, but you know, w- no, we're we're to you know trust God and get going, as a uh, JI Packer said. Right. Uh, so you know, it it, it sounds really good, um, but underneath the surface, I, I want to you know just kind of pick at it a little bit and make sure that we're getting our theology. Sure. Uh, scripture so that I'm, I'm really looking forward to this well, third book
0: i will look forward to chatting with you about that as well but let's jump back into psalm 46 because there's so yeah. much to cover
1: well speaking of coffee cup christianity you know everybody has psalm 46:10 on a coffee cup be still and know that i am god Amen. Uh, you know but and, and that call right there verse 10 is a call to stop striving it's a call to quiet ourselves it's a call to contemplation Uh, And what the psalmist is wanting us to do is fully understand and realize who we have in God and all that we have in God. So coming back from the break, remember what we're talking about here. This is Elohim, who is our ever-present help in time of need. This is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so, you know, just consider for a moment. we're talking about here god uh, according to the scripture knit us together in our mother's womb Uh, he is the god who spoke everything that is into existence simply by the power of his spoken voice the psalmist says that he throws the stars in the sky billions of stars and the scripture says that he knows them by name Mm -hmm. this is the god that we're talking about that is a very present help a refuge and a strength strength uh to us uh the prophet isaiah uh he he may ask a question uh god is uh, asking a question through the prophet isaiah and in isaiah chapter 40 verse 12 he says who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and who has marked the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance uh, it's meant to be a rhetorical question who's done this god has uh, he goes on in verse 26 of Isaiah 40, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these stars, who brings out their host by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might, because he is strong in power. Not one star is missing. Listen to verse 28 of Isaiah 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard the Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is un searchable. So again, uh we cannot get to verse 2 until we fully consider verse 1. Who is this ever-present help in time of need? Who is our refuge and strength? It is a God who created the heavens and the earth, holds the waters in the sea of his hand, calls the stars out and knows them by name. You don't think that God can't handle whatever it is we're going through? Mm. We can't think for a moment, Bill. That the uncertainty that we are facing or the anxiety that we are dealing with is greater than the one who, according to the Bible, doesn't need a nap. Uh, That's just so interesting to me. You know, uh, if you have a copy of the scriptures with you, maybe you're at home listening to this. And if you're following along in your Bible, verse uh, chapter 46, if not, you can just take my word for it at the end of verse three and verse seven in verse 11, there's a little word there called selah, spelled S-E-L-A-H in our English. And there's a little bit of debate about what exactly this word means. Um, Some say it was a division in music that calls for a pause. Uh, Others believe it's a word that's meant to uh, mean to meditate or to think about. And so you could really put those two definitions together and say that built into this psalm, After a series of verses, verses 1 through 3, and then at the end of verses 3 through 6, and then at the end of verses uh, 7 through 11, you have this word that says Selah, which means to pause and think about. And that's what this psalmist wants us to do right here. He just wants us to take a little break after reading God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters war and foam, though the mountains tremble as swelling, though the worst-case scenario becomes a reality. He says, Selah, just pause and consider that God is our refuge, our shelter, our protection, a very help in trouble. I think the thought is sometimes, Bill, I've, I've talked to, so you know, sometimes the thought is, you know, God, we we believe in God, but we believe he's got, many other problems to deal with besides mine Mm -hmm. right he's got bigger fish to fry he's got a war over in the ukraine that he's got to think about or he's got a presidential election coming up that's occupying his mind and we think that he doesn't have time for me and doesn't have time for my issues my concerns my fears but the psalmist says just the opposite he says that the creator god is very present uh some scriptures uh, translated ever-present. Uh, it can literally be translated, he's easily found. That's what uh, literal translation is. Our God is easily found, meaning God's not never on vacation. He's not checked out. He's not aloof or uncaring. He's not attending to others. And so he doesn't have the bandwidth to attend to you. Instead, the creator God of the universe is available, present, quick to come by our side. When we are in the midst of trials and troubles that cause anxiety and fear, He is our refuge. The Bible says He is our hiding place. I love that. Um, our refuge, our hiding place. It reminds me of Corey Ten Boom, uh, Bill. I know you've heard of her, and no, of probably course. many of listeners are familiar with her. You know, the hiding place is the name of her biography, and it's kind of a play on words. Uh, Her story is amazing. If you've never read it, I really encourage you to pick up The Hiding Place by Corrie ten Boom. Um, Her family were they were Christians from the Netherlands during the reign of the Nazi regime. And uh, they were famously uh, they famously rescued some people estimate close to 800 Jews by hiding them in their home. Uh, Thus, their home became the hiding place for many of these Jews. Ultimately, they were found out. And Corey's entire family was arrested. Her father died in prison shortly after he was arrested. And 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 she, along with her sister, were sent to a all-women's labor camp in Germany. You know what's amazing about her story, Bill, is she and her sister, somebody had smuggled some scripture in, and they held Bible studies in the concentration camp there and ministered to many of the women, pointing them to the hope they had in Jesus. Uh, her sister ended up. Uh, dying in the concentration camp the women's labor camp 12 days before they would they were to be released and Corey, when she was released she began to travel and uh, share with the world the message of jesus uh, she shared the the importance of forgiveness. You can find her even on YouTube. Some of her videos uh, are just amazing to just watch the love of God that pours out from her heart, even after she would readily admit she went through her worst case scenario, losing her father, being in a concentration camp. Uh, listen to some of her quotes. You're talking about how to deal with anxiety and fear. We're talking about what to do when your worst case scenario becomes a reality. Corey Ten Boone said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. So good, I love that. that was powerful. Yeah, Net. Yeah. Listen to this one. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Ooh, I like
0: that one. Uh, too. Another one.
1: Another one. She said, "If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. And if you look at God, you'll be at rest." I mean, she she just had s- such a way with words. She said, "You can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have." Oh, and then <laughs> this is my four for four. Yeah, and this is my personal favorite, though. Uh, she said, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Oof, uh, Just so yeah. powerful. She testified, Bill, throughout her life. And again, I would encourage those listening to us to order her book and read her biography or watch her videos online. But she testified throughout her life the truth of what we're talking about today from Psalm chapter 46. Mm -hmm. That when the times are toughest and when the night is darkest, the creator God is an ever present help in time of need. He is easily found. And I don't know about you, but man, that gives me a perspective and helps me when I'm facing anxieties and fears and worries and concerns. Yeah. that I can blow my head at night knowing uh, that I'm serving a God who loves me, who uh, is holding me. And for the child of God, nothing is touching the child of God without first
0: filtering through mm-hmm. his holy. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Dr. Jarrett Stevens. Jarrett, one of my favorite Corey lines is, never hold on to anything too tightly because it hurts too much when God pries your fingers open. We'll be That's right back. A good one. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time,
1: drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, yeah. what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno.
0: My guest is Dr. Jarrett Stevens. He's the senior pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Northwest Houston. Before that, he was the teaching pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano. He's authored several books, but today we've just parked the car in Psalm 46, and boy, I'm loving this. And there's so much there, uh, Jarrett. Um, yeah, there, really,
1: there really is. Uh, verse one through three is obviously packed. Yep. Just who God is, and there's a transition, Bill, that takes place uh, in the Scripture, verses 4 through 7. It's a bit hard to follow if you're just reading through the psalm, but as we'll see, it actually makes perfect sense. It's Psalm 46, as mentioned in uh, the first session when we were kind of uh, introducing this, is known as a Song of Zion. Uh, The songs of Zion, uh, they, they are known, these psalms, for expressing praise to God and really express praise for the city of Jerusalem, the city of God. Uh, Now, just remember the context here. This is Old Testament. This is where the holy place was. This is where God dwelled with his people, the temple uh, there, the city of Jerusalem. And I want to read verses four through seven and we'll come back and talk about it. But again, you know, the psalmist was uh, the Hebrew language is so poetic, so beautiful, paints pictures. Listen to verse four through seven. It says there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That's Zion, that's Jerusalem. The holy habitation of the Most High. This is where God dwells. He says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now I want you to notice uh, the contrast that we see here. In verses one through three, you saw mountains falling into the heart of the sea. You saw oceans roaring and raging, but here we don't see those things that prompt confusion and fear. Instead, you see this streaming river that, according to the scripture, results in making people who live in the city of God glad. Now, Bill, I've had the privilege of going to the Holy land a number of times. It's always the trip of a lifetime. We took around 300 of our folks this past December there, and it's always wonderful going up to Jerusalem, but uh, you know, it talks about this river running through the city of Jerusalem. And I've been to Jerusalem many times. There is not a river built on or near Jerusalem. It's actually one of the few ancient cities that has no living body of water around it. Now, uh, when you think about this, you know, in biblical times, the flowing water was a sor- uh, source that was critical to the survival of a people. Uh, if you didn't have water, uh, surround- uh, armies would surround the city and just wait you out until you just, sure. you know, you had to come out because you're thirsty. Right. Uh, and you just surrendered yourself. So, you know, the question we have to ask ourselves as we study and read this passage of scriptures, what does this writer mean when he says there is a river uh, that? is running through the city of God. Uh, what is this? What does this language mean? And when you study it, the word river, the, that language is used elsewhere in the scripture. In the Psalms, Psalm 36, eight says that uh, they will feast on the abundance of your house and you give them drink from the river of your delights. Uh, Psalm 65, verse nine, the second part says, the river of God is full of water. Uh, several passages in Isaiah, Uh, His prophecy speak of God's peace flowing like a river. You know, I'm not going to sing it, but you, I've got peace (laughs) like a river. You know, that comes Mm -hmm. from uh, Isaiah. And so what this passage is seeming to suggest is that because God's presence is in the city, because the Most High dwells there, this is where his grace and his mercy and his goodness, it's where his very character and nature is like a calming river to those who live in the city of God. That's why verse 5 says God's in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. See, it's one thing for a natural disaster to occur, verse 2 and 3, that prompts that confusion and fear and anxiety. But if you ask any follower of Yahweh in the Old Testament what their biggest fear would be, rather than anything, their greatest uh, uncertainty, more than anything, would be for Jerusalem. It would be for Zion, for the city of God, to be destroyed. But look at the confidence of this psalmist. He says, that's not going to happen. When the morning dawns, this is when opposing armies were most likely to strike. He says, the city of God will not be moved because God is in the midst of her. He is there to help her, the scripture says. And so what I love about this is if we zoom in, if we were to take Psalm 46 and put it under a magnifying glass, and we were to zoom down to the molecular level, This absolutely has to do with Jerusalem, Um, but we can build an interpretive bridge and we can zoom that microscope out a little bit and understand that this verse and these verses is speaking uh, more about us today in the New Testament time than we could ever imagine. I mean, just think about this in the Old Testament under the old covenant, God's presence dwelt in the holy place in the holy city. But here in, new, in the New Testament, we know that because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, God dwells in us. Mm. This is what the new Covenant's all about. We are the temple of God, right? When Jesus went to the cross and he screams out on the cross, it is finished and breathes his last. And we're told that the veil of the temple tore from top to bottom, symbolizing that we now have access to God. This is what Jesus accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so when we turn from our sin and we put our faith and trust in Christ, the Bible teaches that God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live in us. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? So I just want us to contemplate, understand what we have in Christ. If the world is falling apart, Let's just say right now, you're, uh, for the listener driving down the road, again, stuck in trap listening at home, wherever you are. Let's just say your worst fear has become a reality. Well, listen to this. If you are in Christ, you don't have to go to a walled city like they did in the Old Testament for refuge. God is your walled city. He is an ever-present help because he is ever-present living in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, outwardly, oceans may be roaring and mountains may be crumbling. And according to verse 6, nations may be raging and kingdoms tottering. Outwardly, circumstances might look really bad right now. But if God is in you, there is a river within of God's goodness and mercy and grace and presence. And it is a river that will never run dry. This is why uh, Jesus in John 7, he spoke and uh, he says, if anyone thirsts, verse 37 and 38, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so, Bill, you zoom in. Yes, this is a song of Zion. It's talking about Jerusalem and the holy city of God but you zoom out a little bit it's talking about me and you and if we were to zoom out even further what's beautiful about this passage of scripture is it's talking about our future you remember in Genesis chapter 2 for those that are familiar with the bible there's this flowing river uh, that came out of the garden of Eden and the very source of the river in the garden of Eden was God but because of sin because Adam and Eve sinned They were driven out of the garden, and according to the Bible, they were cut off from that river. And so what happens? The gospel. Jesus comes. He lives a perfect life. He dies a sacrificial death. He raises from the dead. He ascends to the Father. Everything changes. And in Jesus' death, the curse is reversed. And we discover in the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, The Bible tells us that there will be a new heaven, and there will be a new earth, and in the new city of Jerusalem, there will be a river of life, the Bible says, flowing right through the middle of the city. The Bible says it will be as bright as crystal, and in this city, Bill, there will be nothing accursed. According to the scripture, we'll live forever in the presence of God and death, physical death, which I think all of us could say that's the ultimate worst case scenario, (laughs) whether it's the death of a loved one that we mourn and grieve over, or whether it's our own personal death one day when we have to say goodbye to our loved ones. Ultimately, where the river of God runs through the city of God in the the future where we live, uh, death will be no more. And what I love about this is right after these verses, you see that word again, Selah. Mm. Take a break. uh Consider what I just wrote about, is what the psalmist is saying, and just think on, ponder on, meditate on these truths. It's just, uh, it's almost too much to comprehend it, when you it, think.
0: It almost is, Jared. I, this is the best news ever. Really is oh my and then when you speak this truth to yourself every day when the hard times come or the unimaginable news hits your world, you've told yourself daily that you're in this walled fortress where God is present
1: that's right he lives in you yes you you are the temple of God and therefore you have this river of life and again it's this abu- it's this picture. Of this flowing river. I mean, just think of, you know, all of our listeners, we've seen, you know, bodies of water, great bodies of water. And just sometimes they, you know, I've gone a, on a mission trip to the Amazon a couple of times. And sometimes you're on that Amazon river and you can't, I mean, it's so wide. You, it looks like you're on the ocean. You can't even see the shoreline. And it's just this wide river. And, and what the psalmist, the picture he's painting here is, you know, when, the outside circumstances, when enemies are coming against you, and outside circumstances uh, don't look favorable, on the inside because of because God is in you, you have this huge river of God's goodness and grace and presence running through your life, and it's just this reservoir that will never run dry. That's what we get when we give our life to Jesus. And so I would just pause right here and say, listen, if there's anybody listening that doesn't have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, If you're looking for a reason on why you should submit your life to God, why you should turn from your sin and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, it's this right here, because when you call on the name of the Lord, uh, you get this river of life, as the scripture says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living
0: water. Oh, Jared, you're my kind of guy. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for doing that. Uh, the second time this has been spoken on today's program, and I, I'm, I'm I know this is why I come to work every day. I want to depopulate hell. Amen. Yeah, Doctor uh Stevens is my guest. We're in Psalm forty-six today, and we're going to take a short break, and when we come back. We're going to continue uh, studying this beautiful, powerful Psalm. Psalm forty-six. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. I'm guessing you've been very encouraged by this hour thus far with Dr. Jarrett Stevens. We're in Psalm 46, and if you if you uh, have not caught much of the program today, I really uh, want you to head to the podcast and, and check it out and listen to this. This will build you up in a way that you will not fully understand until... You uh, listen to the whole hour because it's been fantastic as we study Psalm 46, and I think Jarrett, when when we speak truth to ourselves and we and we know what God says and that He is living in us, and we say that on good days, when the bad days come, we've gotten into the habit and the practice of knowing the truth, Absolutely. and yeah, yeah. So the strength yeah, is sure. there.
1: It is. And it's not in and of ourselves, of course, but uh it's it's found in Christ. And that's why it's so important to read the scripture every day, have time alone with the Lord, because you're uh, you know, you, you gotta know who your identity is in. Now our identity is in Christ and our security is in Christ and uh, and you know who you are. And and it's so important that you uh yeah, uh repeat the scripture to yourself, memorize scripture. It's interesting. Psalm 46, you know, verse seven says, The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. And uh every uh person that uh you know grew up in church, let's just say it that way. If you grew up in church, you've heard the hymn, A mighty fortress is our God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that was written by Martin Luther, the great reformer. And he he wrote it. He was inspired by Psalm 46. And he was inspired by verse 7 that this whole idea of God being our fortress. And that's why one of the, you know, his, his lyric is a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark, never failing. And speaking of, you know, you said, uh, you know, saying this to yourself in the good times so you can remember it in the bad times. You know, Luther, he was he was prone to depression. He was forced into isolation for his stance on the word of God. Uh, for believing that salvation was by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone. Uh, he had to endure the threat of excommunication. One time he spent 11 months in hiding, uh, simply because of his, his stance, uh, on the word of God and wanting to put the word of God in a language that the everyday person could understand. And he was known in his times of being discouraged and fearful. He would uh, get a friend of his over to the house and he would say, let's sing the 46th psalm. Wow. Look- He wanted to be reminded, just what you said, Bill, uh, that, you know what, our God is a mighty fortress to that line, a bulwark never failing. A bulwark's a defensive wall, a fortification, and uh, this is who our God is, and Luther just wanted to be reminded of this truth, when fear and anxiety uh, uh, would come his way, when he had this feeling of being overwhelmed by life's circumstances, that there was nothing and no one more powerful
0: than God. Yeah. Jared, my 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 car comes with a little first aid kit, and I can honestly oh. say I've never opened it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure I will one day when I cut my finger or I need some kind yeah. of first aid. But wouldn't it have been smart for me to familiarize myself with what's in it so when yeah. the tragedy comes, I'll be equipped. Um, Great point. Yeah. Great so point. this is what And yeah. and
1: it teaches you too that you know, uh, and Psalm 46 teaches this that God is sovereign and in control. And anything that is uh, that you may be going through right now is filtering through his holy hands. Uh, Because, and that's verse eight and nine. Like, if you just, you know, or take uh, just a glance at it, it speaks of God being in charge, that he's in control. When things seem out of control, you know, the Bible says he makes wars to cease and he breaks the bow and shatters the spear and he burns the chariots with fire. It's just the psalmist way of saying, look, God is in control. And in a moment, He is going to make all things right. It may not happen right now, but it's certainly in his power to do so. And one day he will. And so the message of this text is, look, don't let fear and anxiety move you. Instead, let whatever it is that is causing the fear and anxiety remind you that God is on the move and he is moving toward you to be your refuge and strength in time of need. And that's why it culminates there, Bill, in verse 10 where it says be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth he's saying the answer to anxiety and fear is just being still stop striving stop stop trying to manipulate the situation or the circumstance or whatever you're in to get out of it know that i am god i'm elohim the creators of the heavens and the earth and when we do this when we're just you know when we when we just stop and when we're still uh And it reminded that, you know what, this God who created me, who uh, created the heavens and the earth, when I know he's my ever-present help in time of need, man, it just gives me such a peace within uh, that allows me to put one foot up and put it in front of the other.
0: Yeah. Last week on the show, Jared, we were talking about how important it is to focus on the magnificence and the majesty of God. And when you were talking about in the first part of Psalm 46, that there are approximately 20 billion trillion stars in the galaxy and he knows everyone by name. So at what point is there a detail in your life that's going to slip through the cracks? That's right. That's right.
1: I grew up in a, uh, the name of my elementary school growing up was Bel Air Elementary and (laughs) Live, we were right by the uh, uh, Air Force Base, and so our mascot was the Bel Air Bombers, and uh, yeah, everybody wanted to be a bomb. We loved the Bel Air Bombers, and we had an sec- uh, officer in uh, that would come, the security officer that would be at the school, and we would have uh, uh, assemblies from time to time where he would talk to us about, you know, just showing us that police officers are our friend and what to do if a stranger approaches you, and I remember – One time, you'll remember this, Bill. There was a they would tell you if you ever caught fire, which is a terrifying thought to a a second grader or third Mm -hmm. grader. Then you need to you remember stop, drop, and roll, and roll. Yeah. And when I read Psalm forty six, I really do think of stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) You know, because that's that's what the psalmist is calling for. Stop and consider who you're serving. Uh, Drop to your knees, right? That's the picture I have there. Yeah drop to your knees and you just surrender your will to the Lord's and you surrender to what he's working in your heart and life. And when you stop and consider who you're serving and the fact that nothing has touched you without first filtering through a loving God's hands, when you drop to your knees and you say, God, I trust you, you know, better for me than I know for myself. Well, then you just roll. You just keep going. You put one foot in front of the other, even when the circumstances don't uh, makes sense. I was just talking to our one of our associate pastors Bill who oversees our grief ministry here. And uh and I said, "What's the number one takeaway uh when when people are in these grief ministry classes and you talk about worst-case scenarios, those are that's a room full of people walking through their worst-case scenario." And he said the best piece of advice that we give is to just the the common thread is just do the next thing. You know, just do the next thing. Just take the trash out. That's the next thing you know, make up the bed. That's the next thing. Just do the next thing. And Psalm 46 is, you know, when we stop and we drop and we trust the Lord, then we just roll. We do the next thing. And, uh, and we'll see, you know, one time soon when we look back, it may not, it may feel like a long time now, but you ask, I mean, I bet the listening audience uh, to this today, you ask them when they were closest to God. Most of them would say, when the, when the mountains were crumbling, when the oceans were raging, they found God and it was the closest they'd ever been to Him. You don't wish it on your worst enemy, you don't want to go through it again, but it's true. You look back and you see the faithfulness of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Jarrett, when you look at Psalm um, 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. When you hear that being spoken to other people in the midst of crisis, I think it's really significant what you shared today about making sure that you are stopping dropping and then doing the next making the next step i mean it is really good to add some substance to that verse versus just saying it
1: yeah yeah absolutely you know you don't want to be like job's friends who were just talking right and saying anything that came to their mind and uh gave them a bunch of advice that wasn't good wasn't godly and, uh, they, they, you don't want to be that oftentimes it's just the ministry of presence. You don't need to say anything at all. You just go and you sit and you be there with them and you go, you know what, while your world's, um, crushing in on you, I'm just going to be right here with you. And, and you show them a little ministry of presence, just being there. Sometimes you don't have to say anything, but when you do, uh, it absolutely helps to, to say, Hey, be still and, uh, and trust the Lord. And here's who the Lord is. This is the God that created you, this is the God that has a plan for you. this is a God that'll never leave you, never forsake you uh this is a God uh who you know as I read this morning, my own time alone, exodus chapter thirty four he's a he's gracious, he's
0: merciful, he's full of steadfast love, he's loyal uh this is who our God is hmm when I think of uh, psalm forty six ten the verse that also pops into my head is exodus thirteen thirteen the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still.
1: Yeah, be be still. I love that passage of scripture. I got it h- highlighted
0: and uh Love that passage. Yeah. You, you don't need to do anything. Let God fight your battles. I love it. And in verse 11, which concludes chapter 46, is the Lord of hosts is with us. The That's God right. Of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Second time it's mentioned. And, you know, just to put an exclamation point on what we've been talking about, God is with us is the greatest promise in all of the scripture. I will be with you. You think about the presence of God. Moses, how am I going to go to Pharaoh? I'll be with you. Hey, start back at Abraham. How am I going to leave the place I know go to the, or the Chaldees? I'll be with you. Mm-hmm. Gideon, how am I going to fight the Midianites? I'll be with you. The psalmist, Psalm 23. How am I going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I'll be with you. Joseph taking over Moses's, uh, how, how am I going to do this? I'll be with you. Uh, you look at the great commission, Jesus to the disciples, uh, go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'll
0: be with you. It's the greatest promise in all of mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Jared, just a minute left. I know there's a lot of people listening that they're they're in their moment of, uh-oh, this is a crisis that I can't uh, believe and I can't imagine, but here I am and I'm listening to this this wonderful teaching on Psalm 46. Would you just pray for so many people who are in that moment of crisis right now?
1: I would love to. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, um, many hurting, suffering, and Asking uh, questions as to why and not understanding. And Lord, our hearts break for each of those who are experiencing tough times. Uh, the tears are real, the hurt is real. And Lord, I just pray that you administer your presence to them. Uh, God, I pray that you would prove yourself true from Psalm 46, that you are an ever present help in their time of need. I pray that you would be their strength. I pray that you would be their refuge. And uh, Lord, I pray that in this hour of need, That they would find you to be faithful and that lord they would stop that they would drop and that they would by faith keep putting one foot in front of the other knowing uh, that you're with them every step of the way in jesus name amen
0: Uh, jared thank you so much i just love having you on the show it's always always so uh, amazing again thank you bill yeah pleasure thank you for having me all right thank you so much dr jared stevens has been my guest that's our show for the day i want to say Thanks to you for listening, supporting Faith Radio, and, and showing up today. Listen to the podcast if you missed anything. Exceptional day of programming. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.